on the versions of the Gospels and on the title prefixed to St. Matthew's Gospel. Of the Great Commentary of Cornelius Elipedi, St. Matthew's Gospel, by Cornelius Elipedi. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. On the Versions of the Gospels The Syriac version of the Gospels was made, as it would seem, from the Greek, and is extant in the Royal Bibles. The Arabic version was printed at Rome with the translation at the Medici Printing Press, A.D. 1591. I frequently cite both these versions. I have also found in the Vatican Library at Rome the Coptic or Egyptian version of the Gospels, the Ethiopian and the Persian, all very ancient. For the Gospel was brought into Egypt soon after Christ by St. Mark, into Ethiopia by St. Matthew, into Persia by St. Simon and St. Jude. And so the faith of the Gospel flourished in those regions. In them there were swarms of holy monks and brave martyrs. A Persian version was transmitted by Jerome Xavier, the Jesuit, a cousin of St. Francis Xavier, from the city of Arga, in the territory of the king of Mogor, as a precious gift and a remarkable monument of antiquity. To the Collegium Romanium, where I have collated it, this codex was translated from the original in the Mohammedan year of 730 of the Higira, which corresponds to A.D. 1381. The original itself was very much more ancient, for which reason the version contains a great number of Persian words, differing from modern Persian. Of all these versions, I propose to make use, though in moderation, and cumgrano, for they have not the authority of the Greek and Latin Gospels, but they confirm and to some extent illustrate them. Moreover, there are in Rome Ethiopians or Abyssinians whose youthful priests are in the habit of coming to the Collegium at Romanium. In Rome, too, there are those who are skilled in other tongues, for the world is in that city. The various Gospels have been interpreted to me by men of the several nations and languages in which they are written, especially by the Reverend Father Athanasius Kincher of our society, a man well acquainted with the Oriental languages, as may be seen by the lexicon which he has lately published. It is said that St. Matthew preached in hither Ethiopia, now called Sonar, where there are black Ethiopians. He is said to have died in the city of Luha, where there are still standing churches dedicated to him. The rest of Ethiopia, or Abyssinia, attributes its reception of the Gospels and the rest of Holy Scripture, together with the faith of Christ, to a certain Ethiopian monk named Abba Salama, or Father of Peace. He was brought up amongst the Eastern Arabs, from whom he derived his knowledge of Christianity and the Holy Scriptures, which he afterwards communicated to the whole of Ethiopia for which reason he is called its apostle. The Ethiopic version agrees with the Arabic, from which it was derived. Very many, both in ancient and modern times, have written commentaries on the Gospels. Not to multiply citations, let us quote what St. Jerome says in his preface to St. Matthew. I confess that I have read many years ago 25 volumes of Origen upon St. Matthew, and so many volumes of homilies. I have also read the commentaries of Theophilus, Bishop of Antioch, of Hippolytus the Martyr, 
of Theodore, the Heraclea, of Apollinarius, of Leodocia, and Didymus, of Alexandria. Of Latin commentators, I have read the works of Hilary, Victorinius, and Fortunatus, from whom, even though little be taken, something worthy of remembrance might be written down. Of recent commentaries, the number is all but infinite. Their superabundance makes it difficult for the reader to know which to choose, so that he might say, with the Nibo of old, Abundance hath made me poor. For myself, I have written the following commentaries, partly at Louvain, A.D. 1600, partly when I was teaching and lecturing publicly on the Gospels at Rome. I am now an old man, and have passed nearly all my life in learning in the school of Holy Scriptures. In a science so vast, so sublime and difficult, no one ought to be a teacher and doctor unless he has spent a long time in studying as a disciple of the doctors. On the title prefixed to St. Matthew's Gospel. This Gospel, in the Latin, Greek, and Syriac versions, has its title, The Holy Gospel of Jesus Christ According to Matthew. That is, this is the book which contains the most excellent and joyful message of the advent of Christ, the Messiah promised to the patriarchs, of his incarnation, birth, life, preaching, passion, resurrection, and ascension, of the grace of his salvation, and the glory flowing from it, and given to the whole world, of which thing St. Matthew was the writer, the Holy Ghost its dictator. The Syriac version prefixes the following title, In the power of the Lord and of our God, Yeshua Christ, we begin to write the book of the most sacred evangel, the first gospel, the preaching of Matthew. At the end of the book is written of the Holy Gospel, the preaching of Matthew, which he preached in the Hebrew tongue in the land of Palestine. The end. The Arabic has the Gospel of Jesus Christ, as Mar, i.e. Lord, Matthew, one of his twelve disciples, wrote it. Holy. The Gospel both is and is called holy, because all the things which it contains are preeminently holy, viz. holy is the birth of Christ, holy is his doctrine, holy are his works. There is also an allusion to Daniel 9.24, where it is said that seventy weeks of years must be fulfilled until Christ, that the holy of holies may be anointed, because it is shown in this gospel that the prophecy of Daniel was fulfilled in Christ, which was for to come, for Christ is the Holy of Holies, and therefore, as of old to the patriarch Jacob, so now to all Christians his servants, he will give knowledge of holy things. For his object is our sanctification, and that we may serve him in holiness and righteousness all the days of our life. Luke 1. Gospel in Greek, Evangel, good news from Evangelio, I bring good news. So St. Chrysostom where he adds that evangel by menotium signifies a donation or an offering given for good news. Thus Cicero writes to Atticus, O thy sweet letters, for which I confess I owe evangelia, that is a reward for good tidings. In Hebrew, gospel is called basar, from besara, flesh, because besora is the most joyful tidings of the word being made flesh. According to Matthew, the words according to denote that primary and chiefly its author is the Holy Spirit, and in the second place, St. Matthew, for Matthew was, as it were, 
the organ instrument and pen of the Holy Spirit, writing the things which the Holy Ghost dictated to him, according to those words in the 45th Psalm, My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. According to denotes that the gospel is one and the same, but was written in a fourfold manner by four evangelists. Therefore the words indicate that the gospel of St. Matthew is not another gospel than that of Saints Mark, Luke, and John, but only that there was a different writer and a different manner of writing the gospel. It signifies that the Holy Ghost accommodated himself to the nature and disposition of St. Matthew. The Holy Ghost illuminated, stirred him up, and directed him, so as to write the things which he had partly witnessed himself, partly had heard from the other apostles, and partly God had revealed to him, in such a way as should be in accordance with the other method, order, style, diction, and genius of St. Matthew. For there was no need of a fresh revelation from God, for such things as Matthew already knew, by seeing or hearing them, but only of assistance and direction of the Holy Spirit, lest through forgetfulness or any other human infirmity he should err from the truth, even in the very slightest point, or write anything else, or in any different manner, from what the Holy Spirit willed. There are some of the opinion that this title was prefixed to his gospel by St. Matthew himself, as were also the titles of St. Mark, St. Luke, and St. John by those evangelists. For thus the prophets prefixed their names to the prophecies, as the vision of Isaiah, the vision of Obadiah, but it is far more probable that the titles of each of the Gospels were attached to them, not by the evangelists themselves, but by the Church. The similarity of the titles is an indication that such was the case. The title of the Syriac Co-Gospel, which I have already cited, makes it still more probable that it was so. And from hence you may gather an irrefragable argument for the authority of tradition. That Holy Scripture does not suffice for building up the true faith and morals of the Church, but there is need likewise of apostolic traditions. This is one of the false negations of the heretics. For tell me if you can, from whence you know, that this is the gospel of St. Matthew, and canonical scripture, and that the gospels of Thomas, of Barnabas, and the twelve apostles, which were formerly in circulation, are not canonical scripture, except by the tradition and consent of the church. For many books have false titles, and were inscribed with the names of the other authors, as is plain from the works of Saints Augustine, Jerome, Cyprian, and other fathers. In the same way, some Gospels which were compiled by heretics are inscribed with the names of Saints Bartholomew, Thomas, and Barnabas. By like art and deceit, they might have ascribed a false Gospel to Saint Matthew, as in effect the Gnostics did, when they changed and corrupted Saint Matthew's Gospel by their additions. In order, therefore, that we may be sure that this gospel is rightly ascribed to St. Matthew, and still more, that the whole of it was really dictated by the Holy Ghost, there must needs be the declaration and definition of the Church, which severs it from the apocryphal writings and pronounces it canonical. Hence, St. Augustine, in his book against the Epistle of Mainz, which they call fundamental, wisely says, I would not believe the gospel unless the authority of the Catholic Church moved me to do so not because the authority of the Church is worthier, or of more weight than that of Holy Scripture, for Scripture is the Word and the oracle of God Himself, but because it is the office of the Church to separate genuine Scripture from what is false and spurious, 
and to give its true sense and meaning. When, therefore, we say, says a weighty author, that the evangelists and other sacred writers have authority from the Catholic Church, according to the sense in which we say it, no one has a right to be offended, as if we set the Church before God. For the sense in which we say that the Church confers authority upon the Scriptures is this, that she declares them to be given by God, and pronounces that they have been dictated by him. Do they prefer the servant to his master, who say, as is commonly done, that the king's letters have a chancellor's authority, because he has attached the great seal to them? But the church has the seal of God, even the Spirit himself, who was promised, and has been given to her, that he may abide with her forever. The Spirit recognizes his own handwriting. He it was who first dictated these four Gospels, and now he makes known to us by the Church that he did indict them. Matthew Matthew, who was called by Christ from the receipt of custom to the apostolate, was the first who wrote a Gospel. Blessed Peter Damian, in his sermon on St. Matthew, gives him this eulogium. Amongst the greatest saints who have gained their titles of victory and celestial glory by their triumph over the world, Matthew seems to me especially glorious and famous, and to obtain a certain primacy of dignity amongst them. To speak plainly, there is no one after Christ to whom, as it appears to me, the holy universal church is more indebted. For this is the very cause of the life of the world, that the gospel has shone upon us like a captain he carried a standard for his followers, and by his example stirred them up to write. Cajetan and the Anabaptists are of the opinion that St. Matthew wrote in Greek, because Hebrew words such as Emmanuel, Eli, Lama Shabani, are translated into Greek, but these may have been added by the Greek translator. St. Jerome, Augustine, Eusebius, and the rest of the ancients unanimously affirm that Matthew wrote in Hebrew, that he did so because he was asked by the Jews, when he was going away amongst the Gentiles, to leave them in writing what he had orally preached to them. This is asserted by St. Chrysostom in his first homily. The author Imperfecti adds, The cause of St. Matthew's writing was this. At a time of severe persecution in Palestine, when all were in danger of being dispersed, in order that if the disciples were depraved of teachers of the faith, they might not be deprived of teaching. They asked Matthew to write them a history of all the words and deeds of Christ, that wheresoever they might be, they might have with them a statement of all that they believed. St. Jerome declares that he had seen St. Matthew's Gospel, written in Hebrew, in the library of Pamphilius the Martyr, at Caesarea, and from it had transcribed his own copy. This Hebrew text is now, however, lost, for what Sebastian Munster an unfrocked renegade has offered to us as though he had received it from the Jews, is suspected to have been written or else falsified by heretics or Jewish traitors, and has besides an offensive odor of spuriousness. St. Matthew wrote a gospel in Hebrew at the bidding of the apostles, says St. Epiphanius, in the same year that they took counsel without separating, that they might go to the Gentiles. This was in the year 37 after the birth of Christ, the fourth from the Passion, so that the opinion of Baronius is not so probable that Matthew wrote it in A.D. 41. Still less probable is what St. Irenaeus says, that he wrote whilst Saints Peter and Paul were preaching at Rome. 
for St. Peter did not come to Rome before the second year of the Emperor Claudius, and St. Paul not before the third year of Nero, whence it would fall that St. Matthew did not write until the 18th or 20th year after Christ's ascension, which is evidently untrue. Certainly St. Matthew's Hebrew gospel was immediately translated into Greek. This was done either by St. Matthew himself, St. John, or St. James, or by some such person. St. Athanasius, in his synopsis of Holy Scripture, says Matthew's gospel was written by Matthew in the Hebrew dialect, published at Jerusalem, and a translation made by James, the Lord's brother. But Theophylact, in his preface, says John, it is reported, translated the gospel out of Hebrew into Greek. Some again are of the opinion that Barnabas was the translator of this gospel from Hebrew into Greek. Amongst others, this is asserted by Sixtus Sinensius. But Anastasius Sinentia says that Luke and Paul were the translators. The Syriac version of St. Matthew was certainly translated not from the Hebrew but from the Greek. St. Jerome also, when by the command of Pope Damasius, he corrected the Latin translation of the four Gospels, made St. Matthew conform to the Greek rather than the Hebrew, as he tells us in his preface to the Gospels. I may observe in passing that when St. Jerome, at the bidding of Damasus, translated the Old Testament out of the Hebrew into Latin, he did not translate afresh the New Testament, but brought the existing translation in accordance with the Greek original, so that the translator of the New Testament was not St. Jerome, but someone much earlier, though far from being a good Latinist, as is plain to every reader. St. Jerome says that when St. Matthew wrote his gospel in Hebrew, he appears to have followed the Hebrew original in his citations from the Old Testament, but the Greek translator has preferred to cite from the Septuagint, as better known to the Gentiles. Whether St. Matthew wrote in pure Hebrew, such as that of Moses and the prophets, or in the corrupt Hebrew current among the Babylonian captivity, usually called Syriac, is not plain. It is certain that the Jews in the time of Christ did not speak pure Hebrew. Syriac was the vernacular. It is very evident that the rest of the New Testament was translated from Greek into Syriac, and that the same person apparently translated all the books. The Hebrew words quoted from the Greek text differ from the Syriac words used in the Syriac version now extant. In St. Matthew 27 verse 8, instead of the Hebrew a keldama, or field of blood, the present Syriac has a gurskadama, an evident crecicism, partly formed from agros, a field. Instead of the Hebrew kifos, the Syriac has kaifo. For Eli, Eli, my God, my God, it has el, el, omitting the my. For Golgata, it has gogultao. For Jacob, Jacob, etc., the Syrians thought that their translator of the New Testament from Greek into their language was St. Mark the Evangelist, but it is difficult to believe this. For both the Cyrils, Clement of Alexandria, Saints Athanasius and Damascene, Theoret, and St. Ephraim, who lived either in Syria or else in Egypt, make no mention of it. I might add that the version has several things which are little pleasing to learned men, this translation appears to have lived subsequently to the fathers just named. He has this good point about him, however, that he was a Catholic opposed to heretics. For in the headings of his chapters, he often makes mention of fasts, vigils, feasts, invocations of saints, etc. As regards divisions, 
The Gospel of St. Matthew has been variously divided, imparted into sections, by the ancient Latin Church. According to St. Hilary, it was divided into 33 canons, by others it was divided into 67 canons, by the later Latins, it is divided into 28 chapters. By the Greeks, according to Euthumius, it was divided into 68 chapters. According to Sudas, into 68 titles and 355 chapters. Lastly, St. Matthew is preeminent amongst the evangelists in the following respects. 1. He was the first to publish the gospel, wherefore Tertullian calls him that most faithful exponent of the gospel because he dwells upon Christ's regal dignity more than the others. 3. Because St. Matthew was the apostle of Ethiopia and the victim of virginity, he was slain by King Heratcus because he was not willing that Ephingia, the daughter of the king of Ethiopia, who had consecrated her virginity to God, should be given him to wife. For, because St. Matthew, who was perfectly conversant with business affairs, for he was over the tribute, was converted to Christ, not by seeing his miracles, not by hearing his preaching, says St. Chrysostom, but by a single word, follow me. Obeying this with the utmost promptitude, he was straightway changed into another man, even into an apostle, so that he left all things and followed Christ. I may add that after this, he never left Christ, but was a beholder and a witness of his miracles, an imitator of his life, a companion of his journeys and labors, a partaker of his cares and griefs, and thus was conversant with him during the whole period of his earthly ministry. Matthew means in Hebrew, given, as Origen and Isidore say, or a gift, as Paginius thinks, from a tathen, a gift, Anastasius of Antioch gives a different interpretation. Matthew, he says, means the command of the Most High. St. Gregory makes the following remarks about him. Iron is taken out of earth. Was not Matthew found in the earth when he was immersed in worldly of business and served the customs board? But when he was taken out of the earth, he possessed the strength of iron. For by his tongue and by the dispensation of the gospel committed to him, the Lord, as by a most sharp sword, transfixed the hearts of unbelievers. Clement of Alexandria says of this evangelist that he was not wont to eat flesh, but to live on seeds, berries, and herbs. I pass over what Abdias says that Matthew, on account of the gospel, which he was preaching to the Myrmidians, had his eyes put out by those idolaters, but was restored to sight by the apostle St. Andrew at the bidding of an angel who appeared to him, with many other things. For this, Abdias is an apocryphal writer. You may consult Sirius, Baronius, John de la Haye, and several other writers for further particulars about St. Matthew. The last thing I will mention is that St. Matthew made himself known to St. Bridget when she was praying at his tomb in the city of Malphi, and said to her, when I was writing my gospel, so intense was the heat of the divine flame which abode with me, that even if I had wished to keep silence, I could not, because of that burning heat. End of On the Versions of the Gospels and On the Title Prefixed to St. Matthew's Gospel